Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! Welcome to the kitchen of the Murray Estate. Where we have just finished a heavy-duty, hardcore sesh on the dance floor with little Asher. Dancing to Isaac now. Hayes. Oh, my God. Isn't it amazing? She, she is a tiny person. She is honestly a little person. The last time I came here, she was still at that not-quite-focusing-on-things stage. Yeah. Now she's grabbing at stuff. Yeah. She's standing on her little legs with assistance, but not for long. Yeah, so I've already said to her, mm. you're old enough to go get a job. <laughs> And the second that you can get a job, you've got to get one. Pay me board. Yeah, she's not freeloading. Please. Now, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. What a surprise. Kate Blanchett isn't a bisexual. Get out of town. Now, we call bullshit on mm, this mm. loud and clear last week. And surprise, surprise. Oh, I was misquote. Okay. <laughs> Rach, we, all, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I've had many relationships with many women. That's not friendships. And mm. you know, in an interview, you say relationships. Come on. See, I'm caught in the middle here because there's a part of me that goes, of course, you're going to be wheeling out that old number when it's time to spruik your bisexual film. But at the same time, I know that the media loves to take something out of context. So I don't know whether this is a case. You know, I'm back stop on the fence. No, no, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. She knows exactly what she's doing. How many interviews has this woman given in her life? A lot. How many movies has she promoted in her life? A lot. She's got not one but two Academy Awards. But she's okay. got excellent skin. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the inability to have oil in her pores yes. means she that she might have been taken out of context. She must be doing something right. You know, I was actually reading in the uh, online today that there was a little interview from a radio celebrity talking about the worst interviews. Oh, asterisks. Asterisks. <laughs> I know exactly what and who you're talking about. Okay. Okay, Heavy yes. asterisk. Yeah, all right. But the thing that I wanted to bring up about this was not Kate Blanchett so much, but the idea of chatting to a celebrity. And we've said it before in the podcast, it's a punish. It is an absolute punish. Not fun. Meeting your heroes is not sitting down to a couple of glasses of Shiraz and a nice dinner and just talking <laughs> about the ins and outs of the last 30-odd years of your life. Yeah. It is them having complete and utter disdain for you, sitting mm. on what is essentially a sausage factory conveyor belt of reporters coming by one by one by one asking the uh, same old question there was one portion though in this article where this guy was talking about the worst celebrities he had ever interviewed and he said that one of the worst to interview was Chris Rock did you read this portion? No, no, no I got as far as radio celebrity (laughs) and I went out So he said the reason that Chris Rock was so rude and obnoxious and that he wouldn't be trying to have another interview with him was because he was shocked that he didn't want to answer the question that he asked. What he asked was that classic 101 question that everybody knows that they don't ask a comedian if you want to get nothing out of the interview, and that is, hi, Chris Rock, tell me a joke. Oh, oh. (laughs) And you think he was the problem? Yeah, correct. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, I'll give you the... That cake fell apart because of its ingredients. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, I'd like to start a new segment. 
Oh, I love that. All right. Now, we've got to come up with a theme, I presume, but I oh. want to call it Paul and Rach Around the World. There's a great Daft Punk song that'll do that. Around the, the world, world, around the world. And you know how I love cutting an intro. Well, if you could, <laughs> I want to hear, you know, the wheels of steel okay. grinding. <laughs> You know what I did with pop culture? It was very good. Oh, and a, a cultural movement began. This is how it works. You just put a song that already exists, cut a couple of seconds of silence so that you can put your bit in and then keep it playing after that. Okay, why tell people the magic? <laughs> when did we become that magician who tells people how the tricks work? Okay. You know, we're supposed to keep people, people are supposed to listen to this going, wow, <laughs> wow. How did they do that? Sorry if I burst the bubble. All right. Now, this is not just news from around the world. Mm. The idea of this segment is to try to give you tips if you want to travel to the rest of the world. Mm. Okay. So little little rules, right? Yeah. Now, I just, want to, I just want to inform everyone that in Indonesia, they, in North Aceh, they've got Sharia law there, okay? Yeah. Women have been told that they are not allowed to ride on the back of a motorbike unless it's with their husband, because if they sit behind a rider, it could lead to sinful acts. What? I don't know what sinful acts, and I've read Street and Strip magazine for years. I don't know what could happen. Or maybe I'm a little missing here. You're a single lady, I'm a single bloke, but we're yeah. mates, we might be dating. Yeah. I'm riding a motorbike, right? You're yeah. sitting behind me. Yeah. What sinful act could possibly take place? Well, the thing is that the bits are in the wrong place. Well, correct. But I mean, the only, I mean, the only person I'm thinking who can perform any form of lewd act is mm. the passenger. Mm. And even then, as you say, there's a lot, awful lot of leather. And it's not like the, the rider can just go one hand and be free. I don't know, though, Paul Murray, because in Asia, if you've ever seen those Asian... Uh, should I stop there? Those, those oh, no, well, okay then. Uh, those Asian, and if you would like to finish Rachel's sentence for us, go on the Facebook page. Those uh, Asian motorbike riders. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you don't have to get. That's when it gets really racist. Is when you get specific. They're very dexterous. Oh, have you ever seen? They can carry like ninety-five chickens in a full outdoor setting on their motorbike. It's like you know. Forgive us being a little first world here, but every time you see those things, I don't understand how they can balance stuff. It's incredible. Balance on their heads and still keep driving around. We have guys in removalist trucks that have to make four or five trips to clean out an entire house. You ask some nice gentleman from Bali with just a little scooter to come over, he'll get that whole thing done in ten minutes and he'll hey, be able to ride it over to your place while smoking a ciggy. <laughs> get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. P. Murray, uh, I'd like to do a little bit of eco news. Oh, please. <laughs> eco news. Yeah. There's a couple of things that are happening at the moment that I thought you would be very, very interested in learning about. The planet is warming. It is, indeed. And the other thing that is happening is that Mercury is in retrograde in Gemini. Whatever, oh, no. Whatever that means. Is that like... A star sign thing? Uh, yes. Does yeah. that mean, like, does that mean it's it's good for relationships? Or? Well, this is the thing. I read a little article that was titled Seven Ways to Thrive During Mercury Retrograde in Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first things first. You need a lesson in how to write clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> As headlines go. That is pretty shit, right? It really is more of an instruction manual. <laughs> but... Like, imagine, you know, Ikea puts it out, how to put together this table and chairs. It should be, you know. 
bringing your home to life. But counter to that, as if for somebody like you or I, that isn't clickbait. I read that and I was like, oh, that is just shit enough to Correct. click on. But let's, let's try and work out, okay, how mm. would you know your news.com.au mm. turn that into a, a headline? How to survive as planets collide. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> Dr. Carl's tips for... <laughs> yeah. You got me in there. Well, to be fair, six out of the seven tips were shit. Um, You're kidding me. <laughs> I know. You're kidding me that something that was titled, once again, you can read it properly. Seven ways to thrive during Mercury retrograde in Gemini. <laughs> but how did sort of the buzzfeedification oh, get into this? I don't know. But anyway, one of the tips was to hone your mirroring skills. Wow. Now, this involves... Copying someone else's speech patterns, body language, tone and pitch so that you can get in a simpatico state. That will also get you arrested because you're a single white female. (laughs) And then the other piece of advice after that was back up your hard drive. (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrach.com.au. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to do in uh, in eco news right. was there was a little article about eco businesses, which are great businesses where people are basically trying to do good for the community, the environment, and themselves by oh. turning a little profit. Oh. There, I just oh. all I want to read for you, P. Murray, is just the first line of this article. Okay, that's all I'm going to take you through. But basically, they were talking about businesses who are making a profit by doing good, and the first line of the article is, it was travelling overseas that changed everything for graphic designer Matt and speech therapist Lentil. (laughs) Her name's not Lentil. It is. Her name is Lentil. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Can we just have a wee discussion about Mr. Andrew Jarman's comments? <laughs> well, see, you talk about out of context. Mm. I have a small, if not large, amount of sympathy for it. Hundred percent, because never, not ever, was the plan for that to ever go to end. No, and this is the thing. I wrote a piece for news.com.au last week about it, saying exactly that. That. When you do not edit an interview correctly, you take away the one thing that is the difference between you driving home to your lovely wife and you driving to the Channel 7 studios to talk to Today Tonight, and that is context. Yeah, correct. You know, the only thing it reveals is that there are no shortage of blokes still working in radio who need to read a book that was published after 1950. (laughs) But outside of that, he didn't mean for anybody else to hear it. And there is no single radio personality alive who has not said something in a studio that if unedited could have got them fired can you think of all the stuff that we used to say please not only would we have been fired we would have been exiled from the earth they would have sent us on mars one because we would not have been able to go in a single place in this entire universe where we would have been okay and at risk of getting a little overly douchey here but i think one of the reasons why you get super filthy in a radio station is because uh that's all the stuff you can't say on the air so you need to let it out of your system in mm-hmm. order to pull back to, you know, 95% of what you wanted to say so it still is a little bit rough and edgy. I mean, sure, his phrase wasn't eloquent in any way, <laughs> but there's no way that any of the blokes in that room would have batted an eyelid. Correct. But, you know, the other thing that I was thinking about... Was when anyone it- offended by it, though? I mean, I know that this is the whole straight, strange thing is I saw all these statements about what had happened, which is comments go to air, bloke is sacked. Mm. But I didn't 
see anyone writing the traditional, men need to understand this language is damaging (laughs) and it's damaging to the relations between men and women. See, the thing about language like that, when I hear it from a bloke like that, it just makes me laugh because I think you're an idiot. (laughs) You know, I get it. It's 1950s, it's old school. It's so unimpressively unintelligent. But at the same time, I'm like, that just makes me laugh because there are still blokes out there who talk like that, which is ridiculous. You know, the stuff that you get away with in a radio office is way above and beyond what you could get away with. Personally, I love that. I love it too. I think it's great. I love it too, but it's the same with like creative, you know, any kind of creative business. For the most part, when in the times that I've worked in radio, Friday, Saturday night comes out, I don't need to go out because I've done all my laughing, all my bad gags, you know, all my rude gear from Monday to Friday through the week. Yep. Friday, Saturday comes. I'm ready for a Simon Sharma history DVD <laughs> <laughs> you know, and some takeaway. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, could you please uh, find the pop culture song again? Oh, yes, oh. I may. But hang on, we've got to oh, hang on, we've got to whisper a bit here because Asha is asleep and she's being brought into the room. Do you want to commentate my sleeping baby behind you? Are we going to have to whisper the rest of the podcast? Is this the whole podcast? Oh, look at that. Good night. Your head's hanging down like it's about to fall off. Do you think your head's big? Yes, it is big. It is, it is a big Yes. Head. Yeah, that's right. That's because she's your baby. <laughs> no, no, Asha. No, no. No, no. Do you think babies dream? Yeah. For sure. But like, what is it? Like they just sort of go, oh, a yellow box. <laughs> I don't know what they dream about, but that reminds me that I woke up in the middle of the night last night and wrote myself a note about what I wanted to bring up on the podcast today. Now, you know, sometimes because we get to, you know, it's a week out and I, I used to be very good at taking notes about things when they happen, you know, when you think about something funny to write about and I've gotten terrible at it. I'm awful. I get to the end of the week and then I start going back through my diary and going, right, I went to the movies on Tuesday. <laughs> Did anything amusing happen there? But I, I obviously had a dream. The dream was ridiculous. What but are you I'm... wearing? <laughs> Probably PJs. In the dream. <laughs> a Xena warrior princess out. Fit? Yes, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> With a little bit of Princess Leia on the barge yes. in uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I get that reference now because I saw Star Wars last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've i obviously woken up from the dream uh, and not realised it's a dream and thought to myself, oh, that's, that's a good point to bring up. So what I've written down in my notes on my phone mm. is that you shouldn't <laughs> wash a dog in the bath you're going to have a bath in. <laughs> and, and when I checked my Paul and Rach notes, I was like, ooh, that's an interesting thing to bring up on the podcast. And then I remembered that I'd actually had a, a dream that my friend from high school, Kieran Fraser, and oh, I were on Kieran. a Kieran and I were on a holiday somewhere and I ran a bath and I came in to get in the bath and she was washing the dog in the bath before <laughs> I got in. And I had a bit of a disagreement with her because I thought that was a bit weird because I didn't want to bathe in dog hair. And I thought, well, this is something I definitely have to bring up on the podcast. Glad you have. <laughs> Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. P. Murray, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, how dare you? No, seriously. <laughs> I have a f- flow, Rach. You know how much I love it when you want pop culture, so excuse me while I just turn my computer up. Culture! Culture! Well, controversy du jour. Ooh-wee. Our dear mate Mia Friedman has belled the cat. 
that Rebel Wilson is lying about her age. This is an impressive revelation. Now, first things, props to Mia and the Mamma Mia team for calling bullshit on a celebrity. Two, the headline should have been, and she's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) We're really telling the truth about Rebel Wilson Mm -hmm. if we can throw that out there. Apparently, she has long claimed that she's 29, but every time they've put up a story about Rebel Wilson, somebody gets in touch with them and says... Um, I went to school with her, mm. and that's not true. Mm. Uh, so people have produced school photos and all the rest of it. That it, she is apparently thirty six, not twenty nine. But the back end of the story that breaks this revelation sort of tries to hang shit on Hollywood because if they knew she was thirty six, somehow they wouldn't hire her. Mm. Here's the truth: the only reason they hire her is because she's the big girl mm. with the big girl faces and, mm. you know, it's her and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I don't think it matters to anybody over there what age she is. I don't think she's ever been employed on the basis of anything to do with her age. But I don't know whether it's a thing whether she has gone in there and is trying to go for a particular set of roles, like this pitch-perfect thing. Oh, yes. You know, like that's obviously aimed at teenage girls to go and Yeah, but hello, Luke Perry was like 35 when he played 18-year-old Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210. I love the three bits of information in one statement. (laughs) (laughs) Very well done. You've gone through the Dewey Decimal System in your head and gone bang, bang, bang. It doesn't matter what age you are and nobody cares. But, but, okay, but the, the only other one, and look, I'm not ragging on them for doing it, but one of the other revelations is that Rebel Wilson is not her real name. Mm. But... Whose so, real name is their real name in Hollywood? But that's it. I mean, we all know. I mean, there's all those games about musicians where, you know, unsurprisingly, Elton John is not his birth name. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that there is there would probably be 2% of Hollywood who have their actual real names anymore. And then Rebel Wilson tweeted a response saying, thanks very much, you know, grubby, tall poppy media in oh. Australia. This isn't tall poppy syndrome. This is you've been lying about your age and telling everybody you're almost a decade younger than you are for no f- Reason. Correct, correct. And it gives us the opportunity to say, she's not funny! <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Just before we move on, Rach, just back to the well of uh, fake celebrity names. Uh, can I turn you to the internet here? Mm. And there's one source, one source only. Uh, Pop Sugar? They've listed here a, a bunch of their real celebrities' names, right? Mm-hmm. Pink is Alicia Beth Moore. Okay, well, unsurprisingly, you're not born pink. Yeah. Um, this can't be true, that Tom Cruise's real name is Thomas Cruise Maphatha the Fourth. No, I'm not sure about the fourth bit, but I, I do think that, that whatever that last name is that you said, the map something. Perhaps the more unfortunate of all of the last names that exist, particularly for a beautiful young lady, Olivia Wilde, her real name, mm-hmm. Olivia Jane Cockburn. <laughs> yeah, that's a changer. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Did you watch Married at First Sight last night? Uh, uh, no. I gave it a run. Let me give you a little synopsis. Okay. No, first things first, mm. not real marriages. No. And didn't they leave that till the uh, sort of three quarters of So doesn't that make you just go, see ya. They've just done a bit of a throwaway line to where they've said, these marriages aren't legal in the uh, In the legal, legal sense. <laughs> but Which we... means you can't call the show... <laughs> Married at First Sight. In the realistic sense. But they said, uh, but you know, we just wanted to give these couples the idea of the rituals and ceremonies of the day. So in other words, it's a load of BS. But the thing about the fact that it's a load of BS is that if you are one of said couples and you're not actually 
actually marrying this person. In fact, nothing about what you're doing in your first meeting is legally binding at all. It's kind of just a bit of a TV trickery. So obviously... This seems like it's like perfect match. Well, this is it, right? So you've got a month to get to know each other. You go on a honeymoon, you spend a month together. I think they put them with pretend kids to try and make them... What? See if they'll fight or whatever. Well, like a stress test sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah. So they give them kids and see how it goes. I mean, it's completely unrealistic and ridiculous. But the thing about that is that if you are one of those people who said, I'm looking for love, you go into this knowing, you know what? This isn't actually legally binding. I'm not actually getting married. I'm just going to go in there with my heart and my soul, have a good time, be normal, fun and nice mm. and not be a bridezilla. And yet there was a Bridezilla. But of course there was, because all of the normal people who knocked on their door, boring talent, mate, put in the crazies. But the thing about this girl is, her name is Claire, and they paired her up with what seems to be the sweetest, most humble, down-to-earth farmer called Lachlan. And I guarantee this wedding's actually going to work. You know why? Because this poor bloke oh. is just going to get... Locked in. In the lead up to uh, the marriage, she was starting to get a little stressed, wondering whether she'd made the right decision. And the flowers for her wedding turned up, and they were roses instead of what she had requested. <gasps> and this is how she reacted. Flowers aren't what I wanted. Why? Because they're roses. I didn't ask for roses. I asked for white and green. That's not what I wanted. That's not my choice. Oh. It's not fair. I just wanted decent flowers that I asked for. For a fake wedding. I'm going to get. Just wait, watch this particularly right. emotional bit. That's not me. Oh. Why do they f*** with everything? Oh, come on. <laughs> why do they f*** with me over everything? Oh. Why? I tell you why. Because you put your name down to go on a reality TV show that involves marrying someone you've never met at first sight. Correct, and you don't actually have to marry them. <laughs> Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. There's a couple, this is ludicrous, and I hope it's not true. You know, normally this sort of rubbish, you turn around and go, oh, it's a little wacky. Mm -hmm. I hope this isn't true. Mm. A Michigan couple has had a kid. It is their 13th child. They have actually named their child number 13. Oh, for God's sakes. I've never had a baby I don't know. Who's overlooking when the, when the name happens? How does the naming process happen? Oh, it's pretty much... There are tighter rules about naming racehorses than there are about human beings. Truly? Like, if you want to, I think the only names that can get rejected are swear words. So what happens? There Some... isn't... Well, so, 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 say you... Well, hang on, actually. Shani, could you come in here for a moment, please? She loves this. She just... Because Ash has woken up again because of Daddy's yelling. <laughs> so, by the way, if you don't have kids, this is an insight into what it's like. Okay, <laughs> the kid's been asleep for twenty minutes. But we all know that Paulie can't shush. No way, Shani. <laughs> multitasking or avoiding us? <laughs> have you got your boobs out? That would be multitasking. <laughs> okay. yes, I thought so. Anyway, we'll yeah, ask you later. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Can I ask you a question? Of course. A political question. Hey, and what happened to questions for Paulie? There's a oh. segment for this, Rachel. Time for questions for Paulie. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you can't just randomly start asking things. We put effort into building signs and That's t-shirts true. and trademarking. Why was Anthony Albanese standing behind some DJ decks in a Malcolm Turnbull leather jacket? First, I've heard of this. Well, let me break show some you. political news for me, please. Ooh. I might talk about it on Sky News tonight, nine o'clock, Paul Murray Live. Let me show you. Hang on. The quick answer is because they're both desperate for attention. <laughs> <laughs> 
Labor MP Anthony Albanese, aka DJ Albo, oh, spins it. tunes at a party in Melbourne. Oh, stop <laughs> it! Stop what it! What kind of? Tra- have a look at him in his Malcolm Turnbull leather jacket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be on PM Live tonight, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. Let's play the video and watch together. Anthony Albanese is best known for being one of Australia's, or certainly the Today Show's, most plain-talking politicians. Absolutely, but it seems the Shadow Transport Minister also moonlights <laughs> as a DJ. Check it out. The only good thing about Tory governments is it produces good music in protest. That was against Margaret Thatcher. This is against John Howard. I don't want to back. Oh, shit. We're joined now by Australia's latest music sensation, DJ Albo. Where did this whole idea come from? During the last election campaign, I hosted raids. And uh, some people liked my uh, music selection. So out of that, uh, one of my colleagues, Andrew Giles, instead of having the usual rubber chicken fundraiser, uh, suggested having something at the Trades Hall here in Melbourne. And uh, so it, uh, it went off. It was a good night. There was about 250 people. I think for, for many of them, for bands from the 80s and 90s, which most of my musical taste is, uh, they wouldn't have heard it before. Bands like the the and the jam and uh... Are you asleep? Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's DJ Albo. Worst party ever. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Hey, I went to the MCA the other day. I love a bit of the old contemporary art. Oh, what's mm. big now? What's oh. big? I, I must say, mm. I have not checked in with the new art movement for about 10 years. What's big? Well, I went to an exhibition recently, uh, Chuck Close, uh, which was a great exhibition. But usually I'm I'm a fan of going to the art galleries and checking out the free stuff, you know? Cause <laughs> like the pensioner you are? <laughs> like the pensioner I am. So I like to wander around. Although, no, that's a big fat lie. I did actually pay for the exhibition because it was the light show exhibition. Oh, how much is it? You know Vivid's coming up where it's free. <laughs> <laughs> and they put lights on the Museum of Contemporary Art. I'm glad that you're telling me this now oh, and after okay. I've paid 20 bucks. Anyway, most of the stuff was pretty good. Have you seen that Simpsons episode where there's a really long line and people join the end of the queue because they think it must be a really great attraction and then they realise it's the line for the complaints section? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there's so much power in a line. Mm. You know, you see people lining up for something and you think, well, this is a must-do. Well, also, and the cumulative it's a little bit like, you know, uh, a movie or something. You just start to hear number one in America, everyone's talking about it, and you just slowly but surely get... Eh, you get sucked in. So there were two items at the Light Show exhibition that involved lining up. The first was a room, a blackened room that you didn't see anything uh, in until you walked in, and we waited there for, poor, I reckon, about 40 minutes. Okay. And so there you've... was somebody who grabbed you? <laughs> no. I wish. It's called The Wandering Hands of Light. <laughs> And it's just some creep With in a, a black torch. box. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that because that would okay. have been interesting. What it actually was was you walked in, they sat you down, and it looked like, I mean, there was a, a lot of space, but it looked like it was smoggy even though there was no smog because it was a bit of a trick of light. And I sat down and I'm thinking, oh, great, a show's going to start because it looked like a stage. <laughs> And then we sat down and they let in sort of the 10 people at a time that are allowed to be in there. And we sat there and I turned to my mate and said, is this it? Is anything? 
like, I don't think so. So we just walked out. It was just a hazy room that looked a bit like smog was on. And this was supposed, but see, it's you know, it's a, it's a comment on minimalism and no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's a black a, room. It's a comment on wank. <laughs> Bring the bloke with the wandering hands and the dolphin torching. <laughs> then there was a a box in the in the middle of the room that had another long line for it, and basically it was a box of basically looked like it was windows, but it was one way mirrors. Oh, okay. So on the inside, it was all mirrors. On the outside, it was just windows. So you could see in oh. to the people inside and inside all they could see was mirrors. That's clever. It's clever, but essentially... Perfect idea if you're building a change room. <laughs> well, this is right, because that's all it was. So you've gone and paid $20 to sit in a room with no light and a little bit of smoke. Yep. And a to go to the room. DJ's change room, I felt like I was on Trini and Susanna, you know, in that three sixty oh, mirror. Everyone looks terrible. Everyone looks terrible, including Trini and Susanna. <laughs> but I was lining up, and ev- and you're watching people in the box, and they're sort of touching the mirror, and they're looking around, and they're laughing, and they're searching for the door handle. And I'm thinking, gosh, something really crazy must happen in there. I'm thinking it's going to be like all you know those '80s film clips where everything sort of came in this psychedelic sort of, and we get in there, and it was just. Trini and Su- Susanna's change room. I thought, what am I? And then the lady opened up the door. I said, that was f-ing underwhelming. I think a greater uh, work of modern art is Trini. She's the thin one. Yeah. Her facial features. <laughs> yeah. They don't move very much. A lot much. of work's been done there. A <laughs> lot of work. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Now, Rach, how could we have just ignored mm. that this is the 50th broadcast mm. Of Paul and Rach. I think we've also got, I've got to apologise also because we got an email during the week from a very eagle-eyed listener who actually picked up on that very thing. Luke Sermon is his name and he said, the subject was, will there be a special Podcast 50? The message, hi, when you hear Podcast number 50, is there going to be a 50th birthday special with special guests and prizes? We've had Asher on. (laughs) 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 And she'll leave you a surprise if you wait long enough. And um, for anybody who emails us, we've got a packet of Mammy Monster Noodle Snacks chicken flavour. There are no noodles left in them because Paulie's eaten them during the podcast. So so that is the official relic. (laughs) Okay, what about, see, I didn't have a 30th birthday party. When I was 31, I had a bit of a dinner and pretended it was the 30th. It wasn't really. Is it it too much to do a special podcast 51 and pretend it's 50? Sure. (laughs) We've got to think about it like it's, I don't know, like a time zone thing. Like we're still 50 in in Perth. Okay. All right. Let's do that. And then when we come on again next week and we've forgotten to organize something special. (laughs) I'm looking at you going, what are we promising? We're promising to be exactly what you expect, and that is underprepared. <laughs> but to celebrate 50 shows, mm. Rachel, you know, for years has had a stack of pornography that's been hard to explain and perhaps a reason why so many men have come and gone. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But, but, you know, so look, there's a good chance this is a repeated story, yeah. but who cares? On the yeah. 50th, we thought we might go back through the archives. Oh, you're clever. And uh, some of Rachel's favourite stories. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to read some of Rachel's favourite stories. If we haven't actually read this one before. <laughs> we're both just going, have we run out? Do it again. Just do it again. Okay. 
it is clear, if nothing else, that what we absolutely need to do is go and buy more picture magazines. And you know what? Every week we look at each other with the intensity. <laughs> yeah. This must be what it's like to go through Weight Watchers. Oh, no, oh that's it. Less cakes. And on the way home, you have a cake because you feel sad. <laughs> anyway, this is from People or Picture? Uh, this one is from... That's Picture Magazine. Okay. I just read the bottom right. <laughs> All right, now, Picture Magazine. Rachel reads a story, dirty words, replaced by uh, a clean one mm. for Rachel's story time. What's the word? Uh, that's a good question. Rebel we? Wilson? No, no. What about Albo? DJ Albo or something? <laughs> it's called DJ Albo. The safe word today is DJ Albo for the 50th anniversary of Paul and Rach. Potentially a dip into the vaults. <laughs> but well, I've, I don't covered know. Us. Well, I've covered us. Yeah, I've really got to start ticking these off. Well, perhaps throwing them out. <laughs> Why you've held on to them all like they're your school notes. Yes, I'm saying that for Sean in the other room. You can throw out these things just like your school notes. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Today's story is called Fun with Mum. (laughs) I met Sally on a dating website, but even though we jumped straight into a relationship, I wasn't really feeling it. She was pretty hot, but not beautiful, was carrying a few extra kegs and had an annoying laugh. (laughs) Well, sir, obviously the ball is in your court here. So when she invited me to meet her parents, why is that happening in the first five minutes? I wasn't too excited. Oh, God. Ash is here and I'm reading a rude story. That's all right, Docs. Uh, I think you should probably have us on file by now. <laughs> that all changed when her mum, Tara, we can play this at her 21st PS. <laughs> <laughs> that all changed when her mum, Tara, opened the door. She looked like her daughter, only hotter, slimmer, and with bigger DJ elbows. Oh, she was on. wearing a figure hugging red dress that showed off all her curves and almost made me elbow my pants. <laughs> After saying it, hey, we went inside so I could meet Sally's dad, who was a big fat loser with stains all over his shirt. So this, this guy either loves or hates. <laughs> Have you know. noticed there's not a lot of grey in this bloke? I couldn't believe Tara could be satisfied with a slob like that. And oh. from the way she perved on me, she wasn't. Oh. The sexual tension was incredible Stop. during dinner. Stop. And as soon as we were finished, Tara sent her daughter down the road for ice cream and asked me to help her with the dishes. As soon as we were out of sight of her hubby, she pushed me up against the wall, shoved her tongue down my throat and rubbed my DJ elbow through my shorts. Wow, hello. I had a good DJ elbow with those DJ elbows of hers, then put my hand up her dress so I could DJ elbow her lovely DJ elbow. <laughs> Tara slipped out of her dress and her body was just amazing. So tight, firm and tanned. Is this a story about the tan, Mum? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I think it might be. She gave me a DJ elbow that slowed down time. <laughs> then I... DJ elbowed her and DJ elbowed her from DJ elbow. Bloody hell, her DJ elbow was DJ elbowed. Just as I heard Sally come through the front door, I DJ elbowed a load of... Oh, I'm I'm sorry, that one slipped out. Who knows, I might even end up as Sally's new stepdad. (laughs) Oh. oh, you freak. Oh, oh, yuck. Happy 50th, everyone. Happy 50th. You're listening to Paul and Rach.